Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. This week, Russia claimed it was pulling back its troops in some areas of Ukraine, although most are very skeptical of that, fearing that Russia may just be reconstituting and planning the next phase of their vicious assault on Ukraine. Meantime, President Biden is attacking the oil industry, blaming it all on Putin's price hike. We're going to talk about that also in a moment. And joining us now to discuss all of these very important topics is Victoria Coates. She served as Deputy National Security Advisor under President Trump. Victoria, great to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rita. You know, what an important time. There's so many topics I want to get to you. And I first want to ask you about President Vladimir Putin him claiming he's basically been saying, you know, we're involved in talks, if you will, we're de-escalating, moving troops. However, if you talk to U.S. officials and others, they don't believe him. Do you? No, I mean, I think the time to believe Vladimir Putin is never. But I think in this case in particular, things have been going poorly for them. But what he would have on his side is time. So, you know, for Putin to draw this out, you know, he doesn't care about the Russian conscripts that he's, you know, that he's throwing into Ukraine. And he certainly doesn't care about the suffering of the Ukrainian people. So for him to just kind of stall out and churn for a while and grind on the bombing, that's an acceptable state of affairs. And while he looks for a strategic advantage, I think now's the moment the United States should just put our foot on the gas, literally, as it were, and, you know, impose the just crushing energy sector sanctions they've held off on and force him to get to a resolution to the conflict. Why are we not doing that? You know, they claim that they're playing a tough game, the Biden administration. And yet, why are we still holding back on anything, especially involving sanctions? It really doesn't make any sense because when they even hinted that they might do this, and, and they did take the step of sanctioning the Russian central bank, I mean, the flight of capital from Russia was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was dramatic, it was voluntary, and it put a, almost intolerable pressure on the Russian economy. They had to close their stock exchange for weeks. But bizarrely, when the president recently made his announcement about, as you called it, Putin's price hike, Instead of punishing Putin, he went after U.S. private industry and told the Congress to tax them more. So he's attacking our own folks rather than attacking Putin. So do you feel he has his priorities out of whack? Massively. I mean, I think you know, Putin is clearly to blame for what is going on in Europe, and he should certainly you know, shoulder his responsibilities here in terms of the kind of punishment the United States can mete out. But what's particularly unhinged about the situation is the only thing that will bring down the really dramatically spiking prices at the pump for Americans is sustained increased U.S. production. Now, the administration complains that that will take time. Yes, it will, because of all the pipelines that they've shut down and all the projects that they've harassed out of existence over their first 14 months in office. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't get going right now. And the kind of message that the president is sending is exactly the message that will depress 
the needed investments and, and improvements and increases in production. So he's really being self-defeating here. Is it also all PR spin to Victoria Coates? Because here, you know, we're, of course, heading into the midterm elections in a few months. He's seeing the poll numbers slide dramatically, you know, for him and for others. And he's trying to spin it as it's Putin's price hike. Many people say, no, wait a minute. This is your policy. You're the one who killed Keystone. You're the one with Anwar. I mean, there's so many of these issues, the attacking the fossil fuel industry. He seems to be in complete denial and spinning it as if it's all Vladimir Putin. It really is disingenuous. And I think there's a little bit more going on there. Absolutely. You know, the day one, when they came into office, they were already busily canceling, as you said, Keystone a whole host of other actions that have been taken over the last year to demonize, penalize, and even criminalize the domestic U.S. energy industry. And so they were doing that all on their own. I mean, well before the invasion of Ukraine from Glasgow, from the U.N. climate thing, President Biden and his administration were all begging the Saudis to increase production. That was in October. So you can't tell me that's because of Ukraine. And then they started the additional releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which, again, predate Ukraine. So they were already grappling with this. But I think the real crux of their dilemma is the fact that if they actually do reverse the core policies, they will enrage their environmentalist, extremist, Green New Deal folks in their base. And I don't know that they can afford to do that politically either. That's an interesting point. So they're trying to kind of have it both ways, do you think? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's precisely what's going on. So how do they find this balance? And again, it just seems to be a lot of the sort of PR spin we've heard from this administration. First, he said, oh, no, I never said, you know, defund the police. I never said this. I never said this. Now it's like, you know, now it's the oil industry's fault. You know, I mean, it's sort of this, it's a real PR machine as opposed to reality. Well, and that's where I think they run into problems. At a press conference over the last couple of days, the president was asked about the sort of serial gas that went on during his recent European trip. And he basically said, well, none of that ever happened. When he's on tape saying, my God, this man can no longer remain in office, he's on tape. I mean, his entire administration said that the purpose of the sanctions was to deter. You know, it It's sort of like you can't, can we not trust our eyes, you know, or our ears? And so, you know, he can continue to do this to just deny reality. But I think the American people are on to the game here. And, you know, despite all of his protestations and mighty PR efforts, apparently from the poll numbers, nobody's buying it. Let's talk about his gaffes, because you hit on that, Victoria Coates. It's interesting, because he had a series of gaffes over on that European trip. Of course, first in Brussels saying, you know, if Putin uses chemical weapons, we'll respond in kind. Then he goes to the U.S. troops in southern Poland and Zhezhev. And he says, you know, when you get to Ukraine, and then the comment that you brought up also when he's in Warsaw at this big address, you know, that the White House bills is like this huge, enormous, historic address. He calls for Putin to be removed from power. And then you're right. He basically says, no, I never said that. And then they also said, oh, he was speaking as an individual citizen as opposed to the president of the United States. I mean, what do you make of their sort of spin machine trying to do damage control? It seems like almost every time this president speaks off script. 
It sounded increasingly desperate. I mean, I, we had Secretary Blinken suggesting that we had misunderstood that the president was saying empower, not in power. One word, not two, that he could no longer be empowered to wage war in Ukraine. I mean, that's so obviously not the case. I mean, it's very clear what the president said. And it's been a concern I've had for a while. You know, he's still behaving like a United States senator. And, you know, some of my favorite people are United States senators, but they understand that they're not president. But he still seems to be running with a Senate staff and considering himself one of a hundred whose you know, words don't have that kind of weight that the words that the American president has. And it's so concerning, Rita, that he would do this, you know, not once, but I don't know, somebody was up to six times that major misspeaks, not just, you know, a funny word or, or a stutter, but policy driving statements that are counter to what even his own staff want him to do. This is deeply disturbing and, you know, makes you very, very concerned about any any future major pronouncements he might make. Yeah, it sure does. And then he has a card, cue card, basically, when he's trying to correct himself, saying, you know, make sure you say it's moral outrage. Make sure it's like he can't even respond to correct it. He has to be on script. It's frightening. It is, although maybe we need more cards, not less, if they keep them on script. I really found that statement about moral outrage offensive because it was as if he was saying anybody who you know, criticized his obviously wildly irresponsible statement was not outraged by what happened in Ukraine. And I mean, I think we all are you know, profoundly outraged. I just think that we're not willing to you know, engage in World War III with Russia right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's really been stunning to see sort of the the verbiage games and the twists. Um, before I let you go, Vittoria Coates, I want to ask you, where do you see the war now going? Because a lot of people are seeing that Vladimir Putin is very much concentrating, at least short term, it seems, you know, on the east, kind of creating that land bridge, if you will. And that means that cities like Mariupol, have been just getting pounded, uh, and the stories of what's been happening there are horrific. Where do you see Putin's sort of immediate military strategy and maybe even long term? You know, I'd go back to saying I think he is comfortable settling into a war of attrition at the moment where, you know, he's just inflicting more and more grievous harm on Ukraine. You know, the Ukrainians have fought so valiantly and our NATO allies throughout Europe have been you know, really stepped up to the plate in terms of handling the refugees, working on getting more supplies to the Ukrainians. I think it's, you know, what the president's message should be is it is now our turn to go on the offensive. You know, ours as NATO supporting an ally in Ukraine. And, you know, we, the United States, you know, given that Putin has put everything up to and including nuclear weapons on the table, you know, we might not be so concerned about sending in a couple of old Soviet MiGs, probably just to be used for parts, but that we're really going to ratchet up our support. You know, that's our, our right to do that and, you know, help the Ukrainians get to victory here so that Putin does have to negotiate a resolution to this and not just dictate terms from Moscow. Do you see that happening, though? You know, I would hope there are enough folks in the administration who understand what a horrible black eye this is going to be if we squander the heroism of the Ukrainians, especially after all the president's very disparaging comments about our former Afghan partners and how he did not feel they had performed sufficiently well to merit sustained U.S. support over the summer. 
now he has, you know, an ally and a partner who has behaved heroically. And if we don't, you know, then pony up on our end with, with the necessary support. And of course, nobody's talking about U.S. boots on the ground in Ukraine. There's so many other things we can be doing. You know, I would hope that they would see what, what a shameful day that will be for the United States if we let this heroism go to waste and just let Putin slaughter all these people. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that we do not lose this moment. Just like you said, it's been incredible to see the Ukrainians fight with everything they have. And you're right, this could be a very strong turning point if we can get the military hardware in and really help them defeat Putin and, you know, move them completely out of Ukraine. Boy, would that be a powerful message to Putin and send such a powerful message for history, too, as well. Victoria Coates, thank you for all you do to keep America and also the world safe. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Rita. Take care. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.